Hello, Stitchers. Welcome to Stitch Please, the official podcast of Black Women Stitch, the sewing group where Black Lives Matter. I'm your host, Lisa Woolfork. I'm a fourth-generation sewing enthusiast with more than 20 years of sewing experience. I am looking forward to today's conversation, so sit back, relax, and get ready to get your stitch together. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Stitch Please podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Woolfork, and I know I say this every episode, (laughs) but this is a very special episode because I am talking today with Miss Humble herself. That's right, the Corny Rainbow, and also known as Nefertiti Griggs. We are so delighted to have you today. You might know her from her colorful, beautiful philosophy. It's a style, but it's also a philosophy. It's a movement. It's not just one thing. It is a beautiful constellation of color and light and fun and sharpness and just all around badassery. I don't know what else to say. So anyone who's seen her page knows that this is true. So welcome, Nefertiti. Welcome, Nef. Thank you so much for being with us today. Hey, Lisa. Thank you so much. That's like the best introduction I've ever had. (laughs) Anybody describe me like that? So thank you so much, honey, for that. (laughs) You are amazing and we are glad you are here. So I first met you in 2020. It was at DC Frocktails, which took place in Hyattsville, Maryland. Uh, Naomi P. Johnson was an organizer for that event. And your outfit was fantastic. It was absolutely, so you all, if you have not gone to a Frocktails, I totally recommend it. It's a really one, fun event. And the DC Frocktails was fantastic. It, I, really I, was. it was such a really good time. And I'm so looking forward to another opportunity to Frocktails again. But I wanted to get started with you and your style and you getting started with sewing. How did the corny rainbow come about? What is the sewing story for the corny rainbow? Oh, from the beginning, like the very beginning. Yeah, sure. <laughs> thank take, you. Take it back. Take it way back. Let me just thank you first. I had so much fun um, on DC when we were at DC Frogtails. It was that was just before the panini like got sure did yeah <laughs> that was the last outing that we had for years I mean, yes so uh, I was so glad that I got to meet everybody but especially you and I will never forget those very dramatic earrings that you had on and I was like who is this carrying five pounds on her ears right now and I was just so amazed by all the Ankara and you I had never met you obviously that was our first time meeting, but I just loved your energy. And it, I saw, we all have some corny rainbow in us. Okay. Yeah, Colorfulness, brightness. And I saw that in you. And I was like, yeah, we're, we're going to be people. Yes, you had yeah. to find your tribe. Yes, <laughs> but, indeed. Yes, indeed. <laughs> but DC Frog Tales was really, really, really nice. I love that. A little backstory about how the corny rainbow came about. So I've been sewing since I was a kid with my mom. I want to say maybe seven or eight. She let me cut out the patterns and do the very tedious things. And I tell the story so often that it's, I've been telling this story for a while, but spaghetti straps, we all know they are no fun to turn out if you don't have that tool. And my mom used to make my sisters and I do stuff like that. So I, with no tube turner, 
no turner cast turn no straw not even a boba straw none of that like, you got what your girls are sitting in the corner with a, with a safety pin and yeah. your best a safety pin honey a safety pin so she would have us do stuff like that and i won't say that i didn't like sewing back then but it was more to help my mom to help make ends meet growing up because she did a lot of like football. The girls who dance in the, the drill oh, team, she oh, would yes. do their uh-huh. outfits and costumes and things like that. And they were all very elaborate. Wow. I got to see early on like sequence. I think that was my first time really knowing what sequin is. And wow. I fell in love with it. Obviously, I have sequin all over this room but yes yes. you fear no glitter no (laughs) I'm not scared to sew it or anything like that but yeah we got to see a lot of uh, dramatic things growing up and then also upholstery my mom does reupholstery and curtains so I learned that as well so I don't really discuss that on my social media your girl can rip a sofa and put it together from scratch. Okay, <laughs> now I'm pretty excited for the the next line of humble furnishings. <laughs> um, I like to put my order in right now for an ottoman, and I thank you. Oh, I love <laughs> you. So silly. I got you. I got you. That was the start. She would let me sew here and there, and then when I in high school, I sewed. I went to home ec. I fell in love with it again. Started making my prom dresses every year. Then my mom would also help me out a little bit. I kind of put it aside. I didn't really, you get old, 18, 19, you like, I'm about to live my life. Exactly. (laughs) I'm about to be sitting at a sewing machine. (laughs) Back then it wasn't that cool. It's cool Mm -hmm. to sew now. Yes. I stopped and then we moved away. My husband, we got married. My husband and I got married in 2009. We moved to Virginia in 2011. So I was not sewing at all. And my mom got the funny idea to just send me a uh, brother sewing machine for Christmas. And she said, out of all my kids, I think you would pick it back up and be just fine. And I was like, okay, mommy. So she sent it to me for Christmas. It was 2012. And I started with a blazer. That was the first thing that I made after not sewing for 15 years. I love how you picked a really easy project. No, oh, thanks. no easy. Belt <laughs> pockets, roll collar, you know, set and sleeve, linings, <laughs> big deal. You got to set the bar. I don't, I don't know how most people go into new things that they're trying out, but I feel like if I can't do one of the most difficult things, I don't want to keep going with this task. I need something challenging. I said, I'm going to challenge myself to make, it was a pattern blazer, obviously, and it didn't have any welt pockets. It was just pockets that you sew on the outside, no flaps or anything like that. And I did some color blocking with it and I used a tweed fabric at the time. I didn't know I needed a serger Oh, and it was just fraying away. (laughs) I can show you that blazer and you probably be like, wow, it's okay, (laughs) but it's not bad. And it was wearable. Okay. Eventually I ended up surging the uh, seam allowance so that it wouldn't fray on me. But yeah, I sewed that blazer up and I said, okay, I think I'm going to keep sewing. I haven't stopped ever since then. It's been something that has been very therapeutic for me that just sewing, it helps us to kind of get out of whatever funk that we're in. It's just being able to create something. I stuck with it and it made me being in Virginia, not having my family here with me. 
mm-hmm. my husband and I here alone at the time we had both of our dogs with us that was all that we we had we didn't have any friends or family that we could kind of just go down the street and visit and yes. I, I'm actually very close to my family so yes. to be so far for both of us it was like I have to do something and it helped to take that stress away but it also reminded me of what it was like sewing with my mom growing up. So it's kind of like I was bringing that inner child out that I loved so much, but I kind of hated it back then. (laughs) So it was like my connection with my mom. I I love that so much. I love that she also was able to identify some spark in you that she was right, right? Of all the ones that, I mean, maybe, I don't know if your other siblings, if she sent everybody a machine and told everybody the same thing and you just the one that it landed on. But it sounded like she just thought you were the one. And it turns out that she was correct about that because I agree with you that I find sewing to be very therapeutic. I've seen people say sewing is my therapy. No, ma'am. Therapy is my therapy. But sewing sewing is therapeutic. And I just, and I love the way it allows me to sometimes get out of my own head. Mm. Um, It forces me to do something different. Like Lisa, you can't worry about this thing if you are trying to cut yourself a nice pair of drawers, (laughs) I can either, I can either stress about this thing or I can make sure I'm not messing up this pattern and I'm going to end up ruining my good fabric. We don't want to mess up the good fabric, honey. (laughs) I do not want to mess up my good fabric because I'm distracted. So I'm going to focus on this one thing for right this second. I was thinking about the boldness of your colors and the way that you are committed, it seems to me, to cheer, <laughs> cheerfulness, smile. I mean, like whenever I like flip through your page and see something you're wearing, it's just like, it kind of puts me in an instant good mood. Oh, and so it just feels like you, the way that you use color is really strategic. And I wonder if you could talk a little bit about your philosophy behind that, if you have one, or if you've thought about it at all. Okay. What does color give you? If someone said you could only create in gray or white and beige or something like that, what would that mean for your... <laughs> See, y'all, this is why you got to have the Patreon subscription, because the look on her face when I said you could only create in white and beige, she was like... I'm about, to, I'm about to pass out over here. No, ma'am. <laughs> we can't do that. Like my oxygen, where'd my oxygen go? <laughs> oh my goodness. No, Lisa, no. Okay. Color, whether people want to realize it or not, it does bring out different energies within us. And for me, I am not very a pro on chakras, but they do. You can tap into different, like your throat chakra, your, all, all these different chakras. Yeah, the they root do. chakra and all the different chakra. things. Yeah. Right. I went through a program and I know people have heard of it with Queen Afua and I completed her sacred women. I've completed that. I got my certificate and during, in that training, you wear certain colors for each chapter and each, you know, throat, all of that root chakra thing. So I noticed how I felt when I was wearing those colors, but then I also started thinking about how I felt when I was wearing colors like black and gray. Mm. And I think that we as people need to be more in tune with that because it is gonna determine how you're gonna be for that day. For me, 
at least it does. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people that are like neutrals all day, which is fine. That's their thing. But for me and my mental space being determined off of how I look and feel. Yes. The colors that I wear are important for me as well. We did that challenge within that certification and I really enjoyed how I was tapping into my colors and uh, I stick, I stuck with it. I was in a very depressed state before that. And even just moving to Virginia. Yes. And it was really hard for me to wear bright, colorful clothes, Mm. not because I didn't have them, but because I wasn't in a space, I wanted to just wear black. I was very depressed. So I think when you come from a place of depression, Mm -hmm. you can appreciate the brightness and the cheerfulness more. So it's just really been something that I've I've stuck with because I know how I feel. You see, I got all my colors in my braids. It's just, it helps me to feel a little bit better when I'm feeling low. It don't cure everything, but at least I can say, oh, this yellow is really bringing out something in my energy right now, or this blue. And that's really important to me. What I value about what you're saying so much is that it's part of, it feels to me like a larger philosophy of DIY, right? Mm -hmm. Like when we sit down at the sewing machine, when we choose a pattern, when we look at fabric, all of this is part of something we're trying to build, right? That's something we're all, we're, we're, we're trying to build it and we want it to reflect where we are. It might not be for a particular costume, but it could be for an occasion. It could be for an event. Shit, it could be for Wednesdays. But so much of our lives are things that there's a lot of things out of our control in our lives, but there are also a lot of things that are in our control. And for for most adults, what we wear is something that's in our control. And so the ability to choose a color for what we want to wear based on our mood, our needs, our desired goals, all of that just feels like such a beautiful example of self-making, of (laughs) world building. And that's something that I appreciate so much about the corny rainbow as an illustration of what it means to build a beautiful world, right? And also building it that, and everyone has that potential, all of us. Our living lives that we have, that we're trying to build, at least through the living of them, we are trying to build something. We're trying to sustain ourselves. We're trying to support our relationships. We're trying to to contribute ideally to community and family. We are all doing that. But what I love about being able to kind of to sew and to create is that we can make that as specific as we want to. I know that's right. I know that's right. Can nobody tell me I can't do this or I can't do that? This is my time to really go crazy with my craft. And that is what I really just love that nobody can say, oh, that's not good. Or you shouldn't put those two together or that fabric doesn't always go with that kind of pattern. Or you got to use the grain line. Everybody has their own little like line that they teeter-totter over with the sewing. I like to just go with it. Let's do some more unconventional type stuff. I agree. And I mean, cause I think about the unconventional and it's who created the conventions? <laughs> Seriously, who? Who created the conventions? It's true. Who did? I mean, oh. really, who created the conventions? 
I don't know. Like, I have not been able to do People are like, oh, well, this color doesn't go with that. And I'm like, who told you that? Yes. Who said? Yes. Well, the conventional wisdom says, what convention? <laughs> I wasn't invited to that convention. I didn't tell people that that's what I liked. Really, I love the opportunity to play. Mm-hmm. Because if you can't bet on yourself, yep. then who can you bet on? Who can you count on? And that's yep. something that I really appreciate about what you are doing insofar as taking what you want, taking the colors you love, taking the tone of colors that you love and doing whatever you feel is best for you and also people to be just as brave and to do the same. It seems to me sometimes that with sewing, because we do have the patterns, you want to buy this pattern or that pattern, it's not because we're trying to be uniform. It's not because we're trying to, you take a, a particular pattern, a blazer, for example, and you make it your own. You color block it. And even if we both color block the same blazer, it would be incredible if they came out identical like it's so <laughs> unlikely that they would come out identical they wouldn't right, right. <laughs> no and I also love how somehow your use and engagement with color is fortifying oh. and by that I mean it fortifies you to be able to say this is what I feel this is what I like this is what is helping me get to from one place to the next from point a to point b and once you've decided then it doesn't matter what anybody else says. That's it. You got to have that confidence no matter what. If you're not confident in what you're making or what you're doing in life, not just with sewing, mm-hmm. but what you're doing in life, you will fail. And that project will normally fail. Sometimes you got to put that shit to the side and start on something else. Right. That's right. <laughs> it, it's like that. And as creatives, that's what we go through. But you have to be confident. And what it is that you're going to put on your body. And you also got to know when to throw in the towel. Okay. Because they don't all work out. And I get people who ask me, oh, you don't ever have any bad makes. And I'm like, you don't know. (laughs) I got plenty of bad makes. Uh, Yes, we all do. One of my friends is a cake decorator. And her slogan is every cake has a back. Oh, what? Wait, hold on. (laughs) She's a wonderful cake designer. You look at her stuff and you're like, that's cake. She's really excellent. But she's like, every cake has a back. There's always going to be a side that is more forward facing the part that you're the most proud of. And again, the flaws that she's identifying aren't flaws that I can see. That's right. I don't see them. She sees them, but only she can see them. Because she made it, right? But when you put it on the table, nobody else. They're not going to, who's going to know? Nobody's going to know. (laughs) Exactly. I I had that exact saying. I made a couple of pieces and I was like, oh, oh, Naomi has this and I really like it. And I'm going to try it for myself. And I'm like, oh, I just don't know. I don't know if I like. And then I said, you know what? I'm deciding that I like this. I know that's right. And I I love your, while you sitting here, boasting and bragging about me honey I mean you are amazing in your own right I first of all did you make those shoes that you just recently shared because I have not the, the, le- the leopard sneakers with my little town Charlottesville Virginia does not have a whole lot besides racism in my opinion oh honey but what we do have is direct flights to Chicago oh my and god I took, a, I took a class at the um Chicago leather and shoemaking school 
a one session class and I went up there and took that class and my sister was there we hung out it was amazing and you would slay some shoes oh my god they have online classes you can get the kit for the base and you can like get the leather all of that you would kill it. I'm always blown away by creatives that go from one thing like sewing to now shoes or purses or just venture out that's why I just love the ability that we have because we don't see see our creativity as being limitless we're willing to like most of us are willing to learn other things within the craft and I love that about um creatives and sewers it's so amazing I do too I love and I'm of the opinion honestly that anybody can make anything I agree I mean everything we have was made by somebody somebody yeah, nobody, none of this came down from an alien spaceship. None of it came fully formed from the earth, yeah. right? These oh are all God. things that human beings have sat down either with their hands or with machines or with tools or whatever and made. For us with less tools and less machines and less skill and they made it happen. They absolutely did. I tell flipping through a sewing magazine and one of the machines had Wi-Fi. And I was what? like, <laughs> and I was like, Lisa, no, I've already decided my next machine is going to be a semi-industrial machine, not yeah. for any of the big brands, but I'm going to buy it from a brand that specializes in making sailboat sales. Shut up. I love it. I love it. I love it. I, I'm, I'm so, so happy that you brought that up because I don't have much experience using industrial machines. And a lot of sewers nowadays don't because it's so no. easy to go buy a it machine for $100 or even Facebook Marketplace gets yes. something used. But my mom, oh, I can't talk about her enough. She has, I don't even know how many machines she has. I think she she hasn't even counted herself, but she oh has it been industrial machines and I'm like mom you can just pass me one like you <laughs> must have a blind hammer everything she has a blind hammer industrial machine cover stitch she even bought something more recent the brother luminaire and I was like what are you gonna do with that she's I'm gonna use it for embroidery and I'm like okay mommy you have everything that you could need but I say all that to say that not enough of us know how to use just the basic stuff like yes industrial machines and yeah. and that's all it does is so forward and backwards that's it very <laughs> very fast <laughs> very fast and it will sew those thick fabrics too that's one of the reasons i'm interested in industrial because i do have a, a machine that I, I bought it i enjoy it it was expensive i'm not going to be getting another one anytime soon i hear you but if, if, if someone says go put four layers of leather underneath that presser foot and go sew something it won't <laughs> do it it won't do it <laughs> No. Well, not well. I'm like, I'm not tearing up my good machine. Let me no. get one that was made for it. So that was my thing. Hey, friends. Hey, what are you doing on Thursday around 3 p.m. or so? You got 30 minutes to hang out with Black Women's Stitch? You got 60? If so, come through for 30-minute Thursdays. Thursdays, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can chill with Black Women's Stitch on Instagram Live or talk with us through the two-way audio on Clubhouse at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's Thursdays for 30 minutes. Come hang out, chill, and have fun with us. See you Thursday. I love that. I love that. I hope that you can work that out. I do. Not-
Yes, they're a really good investment. If I had the space for it, I would have a couple of my mom's machines in here. Yeah, but I bet. You, the, one of the things I love about your sewing is that you're, you are also incredibly adventurous and you're also really inspiring. So I think, did I see you, did you do some shearing on, did you do a sheared blouse or a sheared bodice? It was a sheared dress. That was my first time shearing too with- uh, I felt like watching was my first time shearing as well. Because I have been wanting to do a sheared, I mean, because every time I go to like a different African festival, they'll have the Ankara prints out and then they'll have a dress that's sheared at the top, it's elasticized. It's like the width of fabric elasticized down. I'm like, I think that's just straight line sewing. I think really I, can learn, I think I can learn to do that. And every time I try, I just get so flustered or frustrated by the process. And now it's like, <gasps> when I saw you had done it, I was like, oh my gosh, are you serious? You can do it. You can do it. I really don't like that they're the fabric, even when you go into the big box stores, when yeah. the sheared fabric is so cheap because yeah. I know the time that it took to get to that point. But I think doing it yourself is so much more rewarding. Mm -hmm. And it actually, once you get the hang of putting the elastic on the bobbin yeah. and figuring out the right tension, yes, it, everything is good. It's, it's not an issue. I've talked a few people into doing it. Just, just try, just try. Trust me when I say I have right now in this studio, I know I have at least, I don't know, 20 yards of that elastic that yeah. I could use. Yeah. I mean, look, I got it. I got a, a roll of it too, sitting up there somewhere. I, mean, I am so ready. I have the stuff I'm ready. I even, I have at least two bobbin cases. I bought one specialty bobbin case that I, cause I was going to do some kind of couching you can put ribbon, some kind of thin ribbons also in hand wind it for your bobbin as well. Yeah. And do yeah, and then do stitching that way and do stitch on the wrong side of the fabric. And then when you flip it over, your ribbon is stitched underneath it. I've seen people do that with specialty threads and stuff. I know it is real and I know it, it is, is possible. Real. I it know is it's real. Possible. It is possible and you can do it. I, you just got to have the patience, honey, because when I tell you Patience and sewing go hand in hand. They really do. They I really do. Went away in the UFO pal queen, honey. <laughs> I'm not about that UFO life. Oh, okay? no. Uh -uh. <laughs> Sometimes I'm just like, I'm in the middle of going with something and it's, I've either hit a stopping point or I run out of fabric or something terrible or whatever. And I'll set it aside and then I'll come back to it and I'll say, do I like this? Yep. <laughs> and it's like, not enough to keep working on it. No. <laughs> Lo and behold, there are people out there in the world who will take your project and use it to finish it, use it to yep. practice, use yep. it to stuff into a dog bed. I don't care where it goes, <laughs> as long as it's out of my life. Yes. Oh my that's God. something I've also really appreciated too, is just to be able to say, hey, quitting is okay. If I don't yep. want to do it anymore- right. I don't have to. And that's another thing about being about DIY and about building things is that we can build things that sustain our lives in ways that are ethical and not extractive for us. There's enough stress out ooh, there ooh. in the world. We don't need to bring it and put it in our lap while we're sewing. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs>
<laughs> no, no, thank you. I, I wanted to turn and ask a bit more about some of the collaborations that you've done. And so the same style and stuff that I've picked up on and, and that, that have drawn so many people to your work. It's also something that seems to resonate with brands like Spoonflower or with, is it Bernina? So can yes. you talk a little bit about what that's been like for you, your bright, colorful style and working with Bernina, for example, which is a long-standing sewing machine company. How has that been like working with different corporations um, who are also interested in the creative arts? Well, first I'll touch on Spoonflower. Spoonflower really uh, caught my eye when Katie, we know Katie Corbin, mm -hmm. when she became an ambassador with them the year prior. And I, I purchased some of her rainbow line fabric and I didn't even, I knew Spoonflower existed, but I wasn't very heavy on them uh -huh. because I was so used to going to the big box stores yes. locally yes. and, you know, just picking up whatever I needed. But to know that you can get whatever design or print you can think of. If I was in a designing fabric mood, I could design my own fabric and upload it to the Spoonflower site and print it out. And now I'm wearing my art just like she does with her rainbow and her other prints. Yes. So I fell in love with them then. And I bought some of their sports lycra mm -hmm. and I made, I think was my second swimsuit that I had ever made mm -hmm. a couple of years back. And they featured me and I got pretty close with one of the marketing head at the time. And uh, she was also at DC Frock Tales. Oh, um, yeah, that's right. That's right. Nicole and uh, Teresa. Mm -hmm. And that was where everything came together. So I'm very thankful for DC Frock Tales. It was just before the world ended. <laughs> but we met and everything else is history. But I love what I love about Spoonflower is the ability for artists to really share their creativity on either a canvas, wallpaper, fabric, gift wrap, um, everything. So that them uh, wanting to uh, work with me on other projects like Black Magic, creating Black Magic. Yes. Was that you something that you came up with or did they bring that to you or did you all put that together? We, so <laughs> they came to me and this was before I became an ambassador with them. They came to me and they basically introduced Jay Clapp and I also known as Vivica C. Cox, mm -hmm. that's his drag persona. They said, well, could you make a gown or something for oh, um, Jake, for Vivica? For Vivica, for yes, yes. And I was like- So much fun right. to watch. I said, okay, let's throw some, not throw something together, but let's get it started. It was during the uh, pandemic, which was challenging also, but we made everything work. And we did, I did come up with the title of the dress, which was Black Magic. Yes. And if anyone caught that, those videos and how that played out, why I titled it Black Magic. Amazing. It was so amazing to work with them on that project. They've always been a really inclusive and brand. They are not the type of brand that we were all fighting right. for when everything got real. Yes. Yes. And I've been very thankful to work with them. Oh, good. Um, I'm but glad. really That's a good experience. Yeah, I really do love that my creativity can really shine through the different artists that they have and the prints and the way that you can scale something to be smaller or larger. You just have more freedom with your creativity and it gets closer to that one of a kind yes. versus 
everybody goes to the big box store and buys that same fabric that you got and they make the same thing that you make. Right? Exactly. No, that is such an excellent point. And that is, and also about connecting artists to people who would appreciate their work. And that's, and I think, and also extending the ability for them to reach people. I think that's excellent. I think that's so excellent. Yeah. I, this is so wonderful. I mean, I just, my thing is that they're lucky to have you. That's Thank my you. thing. They are lucky to have <laughs> yeah. you, you know, there's only one you and there's only one person doing what you do. And so I think that is a great benefit to that organization. Absolutely. And now you've got all these great sewing machines and you, so you've been sewing and then Bernina says, hello, we would like you to do, make some wonderful magic for us as well. Yeah. (laughs) I'll tell you a little story. So after that brother machine that my mom got me, I realized that I really wanted to continue sewing. Mm-hmm. And my husband uh, also has a, a business where he does t-shirts and vinyl oh, and uh, different designs. I was like, okay. He said, you got to invest in yourself. And if this is something that you want to do, get you another machine. Yeah. I started off with the brother machine in 2012. I think it was about two or three years after that, I got my first Bernina. And um, my husband helped me get that one because, you know, the machines is not cheap, honey. (laughs) They are not at all. And he said, if you're serious, I will get this for you because it is an investment. I started off with the 560. And then a couple of years ago, I got an 880. So I fell in love with them because they, when you sew on a Bernina, versus other machines. I'm not dogging any other brand and I'm not just saying because I'm an ambassador, but I feel like the smoothness and the stitches, the stitch quality is on another level. Like I said, I hadn't experienced many as an adult, but at through my childhood, my mom had Juki, she had Janome, she has all these brands. Yes. But I don't remember any of that. <laughs> so, because she didn't, she had you in the corner turning spaghetti straps with a sinking out patterns. <laughs> patterns. You didn't get to see the good machines and sew nothing. No, I didn't. I didn't. So uh, that was my experience. And it, it took me a minute to decide, okay, once you invest in a brand. And you start purchasing the, the accessories, then yes. you're like, all right, this you're is all. I, yeah. So I got locked in and they noticed that I've been a Bernina um, customer yes. for quite some time. Yes. And that made it easier for them to say, hey, we want to work with you. And I love it. And that's a wonderful example of a company recognizing the work that you're already doing and seeing yes. how already you're bringing value to their products. Yes. And you are communicating with audiences, in my opinion, I don't think they've reached before, nor have they tried. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> I'm going to agree with you on that. This is true. It's so true. It's true. Let me tell you, I'm not about to talk about the particular brand of sewing machine that I sew with, but I can tell you, I have spent a lot of money with this ooh. company over the years, a lot, like college oh. tuition level of money. Ooh with these people you know and so I feel like they should absolutely be reaching out to me about yes yes not not because I'm interested but because as a courtesy as to say hey I'm vested I I should have stock in this company at this point essentially yes essentially yes exactly exactly so I really love that you had that that their relation that relationship blossomed organically that they were able to see and appreciate what you were doing. And then, and, and then a bond kind of gets forged. 
one thing I was also excited about is speaking of all the work that you've been doing in the sewing community, the work that the, the, your cover photo for Sewn Magazine. So we're recording this now in December, everybody of 2022, 2021, but the episode's going to come out in 2022. So this will be looking back at, I believe this will be the October or November issue of the Sewn Magazine for 2021. And you've got this great is it a bra? Is it a bustier? Is it a long line bra? Which, I mean, I, I know it's stunning, but I was, I'm just trying to remember the image, but it's really, I mean, you got a blazer on or a jacket and the bra and then the sunglasses. And it's just like, Whoa. so what was that about? What was that like? So first, let me just shout out Nikki because she got all of us together. I'm trying to think of her Instagram handle off the top of my Knowing head. my style. Sewing My Style, Nikki, we all know Nikki. She also, and Nikki, she's, Nikki Griffith, Sewing My Style. She has the, she does a lot of work with bras. She's got the yeah, bra yeah. talk boutique. She teaches a lot of bra making classes. And she also is over Atlanta Sewing Style. She, that's the one of her goat. projects. The GOAT, honey. Yeah, essentially <laughs> GOAT, yes. She got us all together and she reached out to me and asked if I wanted to do the bra collaboration for Sewn. And I was thinking about it and I was like, I don't know if I got time, honey. <laughs> but I really, I thought about it and I was like, you know what? I haven't actually made a bra before. I've made bustiers and I've added the boning and dresses and things yeah. like that, but I had never used an actual like underwire Yes, and you work with the channeling and things like that. So I was intrigued. And just like I was telling you earlier before um, we started that if the bar is not set high, I don't really want to do it, honey. <laughs> Some people are cool staying with what they are good at, but yeah. I want to challenge myself so yeah. that I can say I, I stepped outside of my little box and I created something that either worked or didn't work, but at least I know that I tried. Yes. So I wanted to make the bras and I, I decided I was going to play around with it. And Nikki kind of put everybody on the path that we needed to be on with. She's so good tutorials and how she really helped that me get to that point in that photo because there were other bras that <laughs> didn't make not many but it was very fun I really enjoyed that that was the second bra that I made so it was amazing and I really love how the second bra you made landed you on the cover of a magazine because <laughs> you got to do a muslin honey I don't know either but it happened and I'm so I thankful the first one on that because that was just the draft <laughs> So was the second one. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I just love it. All of that credit goes to Nikki because she helped me get, you, when, when you get the measurements right with bra making, yes. it's so easy, Lisa. It is. It is. It's it is. not like sewing up a dress where you have 25 different steps. No, it's so true. You're working with less fabric. You can yes. pull out scraps. Like who doesn't love some scraps, honey, no. that turn into magic? And like for me, I do a lot of sewing with cotton lycra and all of that cotton lycra stuff is great for panties. Just yes. the little scraps is great. And then the other little scraps, if you have a bra that has a two-part cup or a four-part cup, you can do different parts. Yeah, it's really cute. You can do the possibility. So oh my gosh. I know some people were like, hey I'm just going to continue to buy my bras but honestly mm -hmm. I feel like if, if you're in a creative mood at least try it it is something that I didn't know I had in me and that I would love yes so, yeah it, it's, it's so true that with bra sewing too it, it's not like it's complicated you don't need a surgery you don't need to overlock it's just pretty much zigzag stitching yeah you know, essentially that is pretty much it 
And so yeah. you don't even have to have a fancy machine to do it. If your machine can yeah. zigzag, you can make a bra. And it's just so cool. I really love that the engineering of it, the whole of it, it's just such a cool thing to do. Thank so you. I enjoy it so much. And yours were so gorgeous. Thank you. Uh, before we wrap up, I have got to ask you about Humble. <laughs> I have got to ask you about where this came from, how this started. Um, and if y'all aren't familiar with this, I don't know what, what rock you've been on under Instagram because it's this beautiful, bold, colorful, wonderful. And I've seen them on so many different people. I think Julian has one, Julian Sos, he has one, like so many people have, and it's just amazing. So tell us about how, like where that came from, where that idea came from and how you got started there. And I guess I'll share as much as possible. So I've started Stolen Apparel. I think it was maybe 2014 or 15. And that was a sweatshirt line that I had out before Humble. Okay. And my main goal with products that I can offer and that I want to share with the world is that I want them to be unisex. I don't want to limit it to just women or men, yes. you know, and I also like doing custom orders, but it's not something that I love. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, what can I offer to people that is near to me? And so I started with Stolen and then I re-released it in 20, uh, 2019 or 2020. I'm trying to remember. Mm -hmm. And I, I decided that I like working with sweatshirts. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, so Humble kind of came about because it's a song that stuck in my head since it came out with Kendrick Lamar. Yes. And I love that song. It's one of the theme songs to the release that I had in November. That stuck with me. And I always remind myself that I need to humble myself. Doesn't mean that I need to be meek and quiet. Right. But that I need to humble myself. And even though I wear all these bright colors and I'm so, you will see me when I walk yes. in a room. Yes. You're not going to hear me. And yes, that's where exactly. humble comes in, that you don't have to be the loudest person in the room because your energy and your spirit is going to speak for you. Yes. So, um, yes. Humble is just, like I said, it's a word that's always stuck with me. A, a little more of a backstory. And I didn't, I haven't talked about this before, so I'm trying not to get too emotional. I was in a car accident when I was 19 in the mail truck. I work for the post office. Okay. And I had perfect teeth. Okay. <laughs> my, my teeth didn't have any issues. I never needed braces or anything like that. And I lost my two front teeth. And in that moment, I was 19. Who's not vain and just, oh my God, my teeth. And I'm not. Yes. Yes. So I went through a lot of uh, reconstructive surgery, trying to build my gums back up so that I could get a implants and things like that for my teeth. Obviously my job covered all of that, but it was a long process. And I, I really had to humble myself because in that act with me having that accident, and this is also a part of my story. Yes. I was working two jobs and I was 19. I was in, I was working two part-time jobs. And I was going to school full time. Oh. So I got called in to go to my second job at the time, which was the post office part time. And they said, we need you to work a route. And I was like, okay, I really didn't want to. I didn't want to go in that day because it was my off day. But I also had to work at my second job after I got off work. 
Now, this is where it gets good, Lisa, because I don't know what you've heard. That second job that I worked was at Crystal's. It's a fast food restaurant. Yeah, I know it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Didn't even need to do that. <laughs> and it was my second week there. If I had not have gotten into that car, that accident in that mail truck, that same night, I would have died in that Crystal's. And I'm going to tell you, oh my there was a domestic uh, situation that happened. And my manager, supervisor at the Crystal's, had a domestic dispute with her baby's daddy. Oh gosh. Came in and shot up the entire Crystal's and killed himself on that day. And while I was sitting in the hospital from a car accident, I could have been dead. Wow. Wow. um, In that moment, me worrying about, I had to remind myself, hey, you could have been dead. I, I really needed to like humble myself and just any little oh, you're not pretty or people are going to talk about you if you're yeah. 19 and you have a bridge right? and teeth look weird compared to everybody else's. I was just thankful to be alive. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. I tell a lot of people that because I don't want people to take, you really need to take life seriously and appreciate every day. So that's why I'm most of the time very bubbly and just happy because yeah. I'm really just thankful to be here right now. I obviously oh. have a purpose. Yes. And that that's how I move. I want people to be just as bright on the inside as they are on the outside. Yes. That's yes. where all of the color and everything comes from with me. Yes, I am so I I thank you so much for sharing that story with us. I'm grateful to you for sharing that so vulnerably and so transparently. Thank you for that because it really is sometimes I mean that to take a when we pause Mm-hmm. When we, what, that's what I get from mm-hmm. humble. I get, I get this notion of pause, yeah, not, not stop, yes. not go dig yourself down in a hole, not humiliate, not yes. humiliate yourself or be humiliated by anyone else, but just pause and assess. And I think that sometimes that gives us so much information, like that things are not as as I remember someone saying. I was like, well, how are you? It's like, well. I'm grateful to God that things are not worse than they are. Like something like that to just be able to say, hey, where I am right now is not great. But I also know that there are people who would be glad to be where I am. Right. And so I think that reminder is, is essential. And it's not about, it, it's not a comparison and it's not about that at all. It's about an invitation to reflect. You know, and that's what I, that's what I see in kind of what looks to me like a big flouting of humble. Yes, on purpose. Now, obviously I'm the corny rainbow. So I have to throw some rainbow in there any chance that I can. And that's where the gradient um, colors come from. So yeah, it's, I, I need to say it and I want you to see it, but then let's also be humble. <laughs> I I just love it. I love it. Well, now thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. I am so grateful. It's been such a joy to, to see your brightness, your inner light, your outer light, just all of it. And so I am thankful to you for being here with us today. And I'm hoping we can have an opportunity at some point to talk again, but we absolutely <laughs> could. We didn't even talk about the next season of your show. 
you and, and Raven's show. I'm looking forward to that whenever that hiatus has been sufficient for you and for you all to get your, yourselves in a position to return the joy you have given to the community already. You really um, are a light and I'm grateful for you. So I thank we you. Are, listen, we are grateful for you too. I love what you're doing with Black Women's Stitch. This is, you are setting the tone and you are really showing the youngsters, I ain't far behind you, but I'm just saying, I, I do look up to you and oh, God. I, I thank you for what you're doing in our community as well. Oh, wow. Thank community. you so much. Wow. That's so nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Y'all, you're amazing. Thank you. You are amazing. <laughs> You've been listening to the Stitch Please podcast the official podcast of Black Women Stitch, the sewing group where Black Lives Matter. We appreciate you supporting us by listening to the podcast. If you'd like to reach out to us with questions, you can contact us at blackwomenstitch at gmail.com. If you'd like to support us financially, you can do that by supporting us on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, and you can find Black Women Stitch there in the Patreon directory. And for as little as $2 a month, you can help support the project with things like editing, transcripts, and other things to strengthen the podcast. And finally, if financial support is not something you can do right now, you can really help the podcast by rating it and reviewing it anywhere you listen to podcasts that allows you to review them. So I know that not all podcast directories or services allow for reviews, but for those who do, for those that have a star rating or just ask for a few comments, if you could share those comments and say nice things about us at the Stitch Please podcast, that is incredibly helpful. Thank you so much. Come back next week and we'll help you get your stitch together.